Hey, what's up, nerdies? English Dave here for another episode of This Is The Way, a Mando podcast. Unfortunately, I'm by myself today. Some of the other members couldn't join us for various reasons, but it's okay. I thought I'd still give you guys my thoughts on the episode. This week we're talking about episode, or I should say, this week we're talking about chapter 12, The Siege, and the synopsis is as follows. The Mandalorian rejoins old allies for a new mission. This is written by John Favreau and directed by Carl Weathers, who plays Grief Karga and was Apollo Creed. This is why those who are watching can see I'm wearing a Creed uh, hoodie, uh, even though this is in reference to his son in, in the movies. Um, he is still Apollo Creed. And this also marks the first time an episode has been directed by a cast member. Um, Taika Waititi got close for directing the episode, but he only voice he only does voice acting for a character, IG-11. Also returning cast members in this episode, we see the return of uh, Gina Carano as Cara Dune and Horatio Sands as Mithril, as well as uh, brief cameos by Omid Abtahi as Dr. Pershing and Giancarlo as Giancarlo Esposito as Moth Gideon. Um, the episode starts off in hilarious fashion. We see Mando and uh, the child trying to fix the ship, this broken down ship. And I think it's absolutely hilarious when we see uh, um, the frustrations of trying to convince the child, you know, the blue eye, the red one, the blue one, and it's a kid. He doesn't know what he's doing. And of course, it's going to end up not going the way he wants it. But I thought it was a great, um, great moment of levity in Star Wars. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of every time Manda reminds us that Star Wars universe isn't, isn't supposed to be too serious. I think some people want this dark, serious Star Wars universe. You can have that, but don't be afraid to have a bit of fun. And I think this, this, this show reminds us that it's not afraid to have some fun. Um, so because they can't fix the ship, Manda decides he needs proper help. And before they can make their stop on Corvus to meet the Jedi, they have to go back to Navarro to get some help. Arriving on Navarro, we get a scene showing that... Uh, now Cara Dune is the new marshal. She stops some black market dealers. And, and I love seeing the fact that they, they give her MMA moves. I think that's a good consistent uh, touch that this show has done with Cara Dune. That's showcasing the way that she takes down the bad guys. She also meets a new friend. It's known as a lava meerkat. I thought it was really cute. And continues to showcase Star Wars neck for showing us a, a, a really well done puppetry. Uh, this was actual physical Thing that was there it wasn't a cgi and, and i thought they did a very good job it's a subtle little thing but it adds to give nuance and, and weight to this world that they inhibit um we see the title the siege and and i love seeing when mando lands in navarro and and grief when he sees the baby it, it reminded how much how much grief has fallen in love with a baby and i think oh the child i should say it's not really a baby but it's the same way that we all feel to the child right and i think seeing grief's journey with this child from wanting to sell this child to the highest bidder because he was in charge of the bounty hunters to now he's playing games and loves and loves the child i remember from last season when he was like do the magic hands do the magic hands and i thought that was hilariously done grief arranges for the the, the razor crest to be fixed and we get some foreshadowing look by one of the crew members that's going to come by by the end of the episode we see a different navarro which is very which is something that's interesting uh, you know last time mando was a navarro it was a, 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 a worn down place that was in control by certain people. And now, you know, since he's been there, now it's a more of a happier place. And I, I like that. We even see a statue of, of, of IG in kind of celebration for, for his, his part in helping free these people. I thought it was a very nice little touch. Um, it was nice to see Mando drop off 
the child at this new daycare or school so they can talk business. And once again, we get another great moment of levity in, in, in the child trying to get the macaroons. I think those are macaroons, right? I guess they have macaroons in, in Star Wars now. The kid won't give him his macaroons. Baby Yoda is like, I'm going to take those macaroons the way I want to. Um, while talking business, we get to see a cameo uh, of Mithril. Again, once again, played by Horatio Sands. Again, I like this touch. It's, it's going back to characters. He's literally the first bounty we see in episode one. And I didn't think we'd see him again, but we see him. He's working for grief. He's working his debt off. He's currently serving a debt of 350 years, which is quite a long time. And he's doing whatever he can to work that debt off. Um, grief tells Mando that as much as they've done a good job of, 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 of clearing the area, there is still an Imperial base around and they need his help to take it down. Um, it's only supposed to have a skeleton crew, so it's supposed to be fairly easy. I like when they finally get to the base, Mithril drives him over with his speeder, which helps take 100 years off of his debt. He still has 250 more years to go. And I like when they, they can't quite figure out a way to go in and they're arguing or trying to figure out how to open the door. And Manda's just like, you know, forget that. I'm just going to go up there and take out the stormtrooper, which he does, making it easier for them to enter. And of course, Mando will always find another way. They make plans to destroy the whole base. And I like how Mito's like, oh, that's such a shame because some of these vehicles and some of the stuff we could use. But no, we are destroying the base and, and they need Mito's help in order to activate uh, the system. And again, it's playing on a Star Wars joke that we've all talked about. Why, why, why do they not like to have guard railings? The, the, the Empire, the Imperial, they don't like to have guard railings. Anybody can fall over the side for no particular reason. But you know what? I like that they address it in this in this episode because it's a long-running joke that we've all kind of talked about they have 10 more minutes before they can get out unless the thing's going to explode but before that they find out that it's a lab this is not what they thought they were and they find that it's a cloning lab and fans of star wars you might notice a couple of things i don't know about you but that looked very much like it could be uh, the very first experimentations of snoke or at the very least this is what would lead up to the reveal those of you who've seen the last jedi you know that Snoke ends up being a clone created by the Emperor who's still alive. Maybe this is the beginning of that journey. We're kind of seeing more of that. We see a message, a hollow message for Moff Gideon led, left by Dr. Pershing. And he talks about M-Count. And forget those budding Star Wars fans, what does M-Count mean? Well, in the prequel movies, we were introduced to something called the midichlorian count. I won't go into details of what midichlorian midichlorians are, but they're essentially little tiny microscopic beings that live in us and help us, well, live in us and certain people or Jedi have a high account, meaning they're more attuned with the force. And, and apparently the child has a very high M count. I like that they don't quite say midichlorian in this. That has been a very controversial topic in, in Star Wars lore. Some people love it. Some people don't. I'm of a mixed bag of it, you know, because it kind of takes the, the, the fantasy aspects of, of Star Wars and gives it a science or science fiction touch to it. And when you can actually quantify what the force is, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about, about where they're going with M-Count. I'm curious where they take this. Uh, I'm not in love with it, but I'm curious if them. you know, we'll, we'll see. But it is meant, it is, it is told to us that Dr. Pershing needs more or more samples from the child and that this time he will not fail. And if you guys remember in season one, he actually helped Mando and the child escape. And so I guess uh, he's had a change of heart or someone did some stuff to him. And now he doesn't mind if he gets the child once more. 
Mando finds out what we've known for a while that Moff Gideon is in fact still alive. Mando thought he died in a crash at the end of season one, but as we saw the audience, he very much survived that with his uh, dark saber blade. And so Mando realizes I have to leave right now and get out because I can't, I can't risk the child being around and being taken. So he quickly tries to find a way out. The rest of the crew jump into one of the vehicles and are chased by stormtroopers on speeders. And I love seeing them maneuver the rocky terrain. You even see that the, some of the, the troopers, they're not very good and they crash and the chase continues. Grief gets into the guns and they try to outmaneuver them. I like the sequence where Kara crushes one of the, of the troopers on the speeder by slamming them against the wall and uh, Grief shooting them point blank. It's a really cool action sequence. I thought it was really well done. And we hear the base blow up which again makes them feel better. However, things aren't over. They think they've gone scot-free. Nope, we get some TIE fighters that are sent out. But these are very unique type of TIE fighters. They, they're known as the Outland TIE fighters. They have a, a design where the wings fold in and fold out. We've seen this before in other, other places, but I love seeing when the wings fold in. And that's not the case with every single TIE fighter. This is a special type of TIE fighter that allows for that. Things don't look so good for them when the TIE fighter is about to attack, but then out of nowhere, Mando and the Razor Crest and Child arrive to save the day. I love seeing the child eating his little macaroons while Mando is saving the day. Mando decides he has to leave before Gideon comes. Meanwhile, we see cut to Gideon and his crew. Remember I, remember I said at the beginning of the episode, we had a sequence that one of the maintenance crew that was supposed to be working on Mando's craft actually works for Moff Gideon and lets him know that they put a spy tracker on the actual uh, on the Razor Crest so that they can be followed. Dun, dun, dun. What's that going to mean later on? Also, Kara gets visited by a Republic uh, officer and tells her that, you know what, something is indeed coming. Even though it's hard for someone, for her to work with someone like him, who's now, the, he, he's kind of like the police now. He's telling her that the only way we can stop what's coming is if we work together. And of course, us as fans know that at some point down the line, the, the Empire returns in the form of the New Order and I guess this series is showing us how that happened. It reminds us that just because the empire was defeated back in the day, doesn't mean all the bad guys were stopped. The episode finishes with Moff Gideon. We see Moff Gideon and his whole slew of dark troopers, which makes us wonder what is he using those for? Ah, oh, anticipation. I'm excited to see where this is going. Um, some fun facts I have here. This is the first time in Star Wars that I can recall that's featured female stormtroopers. We don't quite see them um, because of course, stormtroopers are completely covered up, but we do hear some of their death screams as they die and you can hear that's distinctively female voices. I thought this is a very nice nod to the, to the, the fall of the empire and, and how you know, the empire over time started reaching out to various people to decide, you know what, whoever wants to join us, you can join us, we don't mind, we're not so strict anymore. Also, this is also the first time in this series that we've seen a, a female Imperial Naval officer as well. We actually see her face, and that's something that we've not seen. And a nice little touch as well. I thought that was very, very well done. Um, I think that's it for the episode. I really enjoyed this episode. It was great to see, see the return of old characters, even though this was like a stop-off episode, stop-gap episode before the next episode, which is the big deal, I think titled The Jedi. This episode reminded us that Mando has friends, and once in a while, it's good to use your friends. And it was great to see the fact that Navarro had, had, had gotten better. It's good to see the evolution of Navarro, of what happens, what can happen after the Empire and all those people leave. A place can kind of start up again. Um, I think that's it for this episode. Sorry, guys, that the others couldn't be 
involved today. And uh, I just wanted to make sure I wanted to get my thoughts out there to you guys before we do the next episode. And we've waited long enough. So thank you guys for listening. My name is English Dave. This has been an episode of This Is The Way Amanda podcast. Find us on all social media at The Nerdy Bunch. And as always, guys, keep it nerdy. Peace.